0: Tired of dating apps, swiping, scrolling, and ghosting not working for you? How about a new way to get introduced? Single to Shadi. Single to Shadi is a matchmaking service which offers curated matches for South Asian singles living in the U.S. and Canada. We work with urban professionals looking to find meaningful relationships without the anonymity of traditional dating apps. Our clients will meet like-minded matches who are ready for a committed relationship. We believe love is love. And our ultimate goal is to help you find your perfect partner. Visit us today at www.singletoshadi.com to find out more and sign up for free. We are not your parents' matchmaker.
1: Hey guys, this is the Thinkable Guys podcast here. And in this very special episode, we are joined by our sponsor of this episode, Radha. Radha offers a website called singletoshadi.com, which mainly revolves around dating and finding your perfect match on a website. So Radha, please introduce yourself.
0: Thanks. Nice to meet you, Harms and Hardy. Thanks for so much um, having us on today. My name is Radha Patel, and I started a website called Single to Shadi, um, essentially to help South Asian singles date and marry within the community in a new fashion way. So we work with uh, single urban professionals who are looking to find meaningful relationships without the anonymity of traditional dating apps. So we work with users who are looking to date in the community. You know, we believe that love is love. So anybody who is interested, we would love to work with you and help you find what you're looking for. That
2: is that is great. That is amazing. Uh, so uh what sort of uh you know got you to start this website what sort of got you the idea or like you know what this is something i would want to do
0: yeah, so I actually, you know, I've been married for 11 years now, and I have two kids. So I wasn't in the dating space when this idea came to me. But you know, we have a lot of single friends and family who would always approach me and say, Hey, brother, like, you know, so many people, you know, in the area, and you know, I'm looking, I'm single, and I'm looking to be in a relationship. If you know anyone introduce me. So mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. And you know, after, about one summer, it was in, interesting, like three to four different people had approached me and said, Hey, if you know anyone, please, you know, I'm interested in dating, please let me know. And I was like, all right, there's got to be something here. Or like one, I probably have an amazing network of friends, family, <laughs> but more so that there's got to be, you know, there's a frustration or there's something that's not working, uh, particularly for the South Asian community that is not leading towards, you know, marriage as an outcome, or it, it's a lot of time and effort. Um, so I thought, why not see what I could bring to the space? And I after some research and talking to friends and family realized that people want, um, you know, they want somebody who understands them and their values just like any other culture would. But with us, there's an added layer of that marriage pressure and the family pressure. So having a, you know, older auntie like me who jumps in the mix and can help out was something that I found people were willing to pay for. Um, And that's how I ended up creating a matchmaking service, Single to Shadi.
2: That's sweet. So you basically became the local Cupid, basically. You were like, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's quite nice. So uh, how long did, uh, how was, so like, you know, obviously when you're thinking about like turning in so, like a, something like this into a business or a website, um, you know, there there is a decent amount of time and effort that needs to be put into research and, you know, background like information. So how long did that initial like, you know, research take you when, when you were like looking to build this?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, in the beginning when you have an idea, you think about it, you ruminate, you know, you bounce it off a few people. And then when I actually like dived in and started using Google as a research tool, but dived in and started looking at, okay, so what services are already out there? And it was interesting to find out that in, you know, in the U.S. in the South Asian industry – matchmaking was done really at the the temples, the gurudwaras, the mosques, like the older people in the community. You know, it wasn't necessarily done at a more, uh, a social or modern level with this second generation focus in mind. Um, you know, the traditional biodata piece that, that everybody is probably familiar with, that, that's like our original form of matchmaking in the community was yeah. really has not evolved at all, you know? So I saw that and then I looked at the other alternative in the last couple of years that the app scene, the dating apps have really gotten bigger and grown in prominence. And, you know, all of them have special niches and they start, you know, um, the rise of a real popular South Asian dating app was like the first one to put dating in the phone for South Asian people. And that was the only outlet that they had. And other than that, it was meeting at universities or colleges or through family and friends. But that's harder and harder at the older that you get. So all of this is the you know, I, I read a lot of articles. I talked to a lot of friends and family and decided, like, in I think I would say overall about three to five months is what it took me to be like, okay, this is my idea. Here's how I'm going to do it. And then, you know, incorporate it and create it single to Shadi.
1: It's funny how you uh, mentioned uh how people go to local temples and actually uh, f- uh, go there to find people because that's very similar to in the UK as well. I think me and Hardy have had experiences where like our moms have told us if you don't find anyone, we'll go to the temple find someone straight away. <laughs> that could be yeah.
2: the thing is I don't know how that works. Like, well, what do you do when you go to a temple? Like, what well, you just give your name or something? Like, is there a register to this? I I don't know how the whole s- the process of it works. It's it's intriguing, but I don't know too much about it.
0: Oh, they do. They have, like, a Rolodex of
1: biodatas.
0: (laughs) What's it
2: called? It's called Quinlis, right? And they call it in, like, draw. It's like, uh, is that what... Yeah, the horoscope, right? Horoscope, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then they make horoscopes and they match it with other people or...
0: I believe so. I don't know necessarily. I've never had to do it myself, but I know that if you go to a lot of these temples or associations and stuff, they actually have matrimonial sections on their websites. So they're definitely actively, you know, because they want to make sure that people are, you know, if they want to, if you, if you want to marry within the community, they also want to see that happen too. So they're trying whatever they can to facilitate it. Um, And our parents are buying into that as well because that's what they know. That's what, how it happened uh, in the motherland, if you will. So coming to the UK, US and the diaspora, those institutions, I think, remained uh, as close to home. And that's why marriages, births, deaths, all of that remained in with these institutions. But it's definitely time for us to evolve and change that.
2: Oh, definitely.
1: And how has uh, people responded to that? That um, So you say you mentioned that you spoke to people about their experiences with uh, going through temples and stuff. What have their experiences been like?
0: A lot of it is, you know, the, the bio data concept you have, it, it's very similar to your dating profile on an app. You have only one page of information, a few pictures, and a lot of times it's more so like, our family comes from here. And my brother is a doctor and who, you know, and they've got three kids and live in Leicester or, you know, it's about, it's not about the individual. It's so much more about the family. And I get it in our culture. We obviously it's a marriage is between two families and their families have to get along to an extent, but the focus is not necessarily on the two people who are looking to get married and That's what I think is, you know, now that growing up in these countries and being exposed to Western values, we also want to make sure that our partners are on the same page as us when it comes to our values. So while traditionally our parents would determine and they knew, okay, if you come from a good family, then it's going to work out. um, I think more and more the younger generation is understanding that, no, we want to take more time to focus on our career. And then- get into relationships later on in life which inevitably means having families that are in life so just approaching it from a a different mindset for what we you know in this generation are looking for when it comes to dating is is what um i think it it sets us apart the most
2: that is actually quite true actually uh because there, there there have been changes in obviously how we think and you know how our families used to think and um how, what we look for in a partner you know as opposed to like what our families look for in our partners you know there's, there's, there's very uh, different things there and uh, so what i wanted to ask you is do, do you know the, uh, these matchmaking services on the temples and whatnot do, do they charge like do they charge for these services
0: I never saw them officially charge, say we charge, you know, a couple hundred bucks or whatever. I've never officially seen a number anywhere, but I'm assuming as with many services that temples provide, a donation is probably required. So I don't know what their pricing system is.
1: Yeah, I think it's a backhand donation sort of thing. Like it's kind of like, oh, so we find you someone, I think it'd be good if you could donate to us as well. It's kind of like kindly ask you, like politely ask you to donate. I think that's how they do it in this country, I think.
0: A hey, suggested do do donation. A Suggested <laughs> yeah. donation. Yeah. Have that a yeah. lot. Like they have uh,
1: that a lot. Yeah. That, like, <laughs> actually,
2: it'd be nice if you could donate. You know. And, oh,
1: okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. But I really recommend you to to donate. Really, really, <laughs> really recommend you. Don't go anywhere. I think you should. Rec- I recommend donating. You know. It's like <laughs> you're, you're kind of in two minds. You're like, okay, I might as well because they've they've done this, they've done that, and I guess yeah. in some ways, some people see it as a, like a form of service. So people will pay because they have that form of service that you've done for them so they feel entitled to pay the person or pay the organization that they found they're a perfect partner with so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's amazing but in terms of so you described how what you're trying to offer is basically uh, putting more power to to the individual so is it letting them decide who they can pick or do you get families involved later on
0: no, so I do not work with the, the any proxies or families. It's so interesting. Um, with the advertising that I do, I get a lot of inquiries from the older generation. But I, one of our you know tenants at Single to Shadi is that we only work with the person who's looking to be in a relationship, because there's a lot of nuances around. Um, you might tell your parents, okay, you can introduce me to someone, but they, you're not necessarily uh sharing everything with your family that way that you would want to in a partner. So there's already a barrier when working with families um, or proxies. And I would rather eliminate that and work directly with the individual and and that way, you know, there's no middleman. We know what it is that you're looking for. And I actually form a relationship with a lot of my clients. We work together for a couple of months, and then I get to know on a deeper level, besides just the I need a guy who's five foot ten and and slim built, right? Like I get to know uh, professionally what their goals are, what their personality characteristics are, and Go uh, a layer deeper when I do my matchmaking.
1: And in terms, and in terms of matchmaking, so if you've gotten data from say two different individuals, how do you cross match them and think they're the perfect fit?
0: Sometimes it is trial and error, right? Because when, it, when human beings are involved, there's no perfect science around it. But I like to see, you know, there's points of compatibility. There's certain deal breakers. You know, are you a vegetarian? Or are you open to living in a joint family? You know, questions around um, uh, some of those things that you just don't want to give up. Um, and then after that base layer, then I look at more of the compatibility issues. A, a lot of it is ge- geographic location, right? If you're willing to, um, I get a lot of doctors, especially who are looking to they say i am applying for residency in this part of the country i would like to find somebody in that part of the country right so if you're on a dating app that uses geographic locations it's very hard to uh change where you're looking to meet people um, so i'm able to use those nuances i also ask you know education level um you know things like that that you might be on a secondary background that um, on a, on an app, you might match with somebody because they hit all your criteria. But then when you find out, oh, he never actually finished his MBA or, uh, you know, they, they are a doctor, but they don't practice. So all of that kind of deeper understanding is what I use to then recommend yes or no one versus the other when I'm matchmaking. Um, and then sometimes they, attractiveness might be a play and it'll elevate somebody else's profile um, in my recommendation. So there's a lot of subtleties around it, which is why I think that um, having a boutique experience, like working with the matchmaker, is appealing to uh, a lot of my, most of my clients.
1: I want to like finally ask, because I was thinking as you were talking, I was just, a sudden idea came to my head. I was wondering, so when you've matched someone from A and B, do you find out what happens after the date do you guys like uh call each other afterwards and say oh how was your date with this person and so and so
0: absolutely
2: yeah and just a follow-up question to that actually before i forget as well um is so let's say if in that scenario so let's say you've spoken to both the people and how it went um what if it, you know one of them feels like nah, actually i'm not feeling it so then then what what do you do in that situation
0: yeah. So um, again, because I have a relationship with everybody, we, you know, we're, we're with you in the process from start to finish. So after I do introductions, I will check in, you know, making sure that they're hitting their relationship milestone. So in the first three days, have you connected already? Right. I, I don't want to it's kind of like a lead. If you want to think of it in business terms, if I'm sending you a lead, you don't want it to sit there and, and go stale. So if have you talked to somebody or have you made the initial contact in the first three days? If you're local, have you made plans to meet in real life in the next two weeks? Right. So get out of the chat situation and start Um, interacting in the real world. I know COVID right now is complicated a lot of that, um, but there's still ways around it, right? Have you had your first FaceTime date yet? Um, And then Even more so after they have met in person, I check in, maybe not as often after I know that they've actually met and decided to continue um, going forward with the relationship, but I'm always here. uh, A lot of my clients also use me as a sounding board. You know, sometimes they'll be like, well, um, it's been, you know, three days and I haven't heard back from this person or things like that. And uh, I'm not a coach, but I do... You know, I can offer some insight and advice. And I think that is also very appealing when you're dating is sometimes you just need to have somebody to talk through things with that is either uh, an objective third party, that's not your friend per se, that will give it to you straight. Um, and in in Harley, your question, the follow up, if it's not going to work out, I think that is key to why people want to work with matchmakers and work with me at Single to Shabby, because you don't want to be ghosted, right? And a lot of times, if something doesn't work out, let's say you meet a girl for a date, go out for a coffee or whatnot, and you don't hit it off, how many times have it, or, or vice versa, has the girl then just not called you back or not texted you? And you don't even know why or what happened. And working with me, because that other person is also my client, I can get some constructive feedback or some positive criticism. And if it's worth sharing, I can do that with my client. If it's not worth sharing, at least I can put it their mind at ease, like, all right, this is not gonna go forward any, you know, anymore. Let's go back to the drawing board and find somebody new for you. So there is a lot of follow-up that goes into it because again, it's not a perfect science and you know, people's situations are changing all the time. So yeah. I always like to stay engaged with everyone throughout the process.
2: that's, that's amazing that actually sounds really appealing <laughs> even i'm like wow like that you know that that is actually you know how i would want dating for me like you know my dating life to be if i was like looking for someone i would want that kind of help i would want you know um you know that, that little bit of constructive feedback after a day. if something has gone good or something has gone bad then at least i'll be able to know um and uh, so what would you say um you know with most of the clients that come to you right oh uh, you know what would you say just like generally um what are some of the biggest issues or, and problems uh in regards to finding someone if that makes sense so you know when people come to you, do they tell you like, oh, this is what I haven't found anyone or this is what I haven't found anyone? Like, is, it, is there something like that? Or what are some of the issues that come up like that?
0: Absolutely. During our onboarding interview for all of my clients, I like to go through their previous relationship experiences just to understand, you know, um, are there trends in their dating history? Are there, um, what have you learned, right? Every dating experience or dating journey is it's it's a teachable moment. So I try to draw that out of my client's when we're doing the interview, um, a lot of the trends that I do notice is um, the the FOMO, if you will, that people are really on uh, are not willing to commit because it's always like, well, what else is out there, or what am I missing out on if I decide to quote unquote settle, if you will. Um, so again, why I recommend coaching, and I, I work with an amazing coach. She's our partner at Single to um, If anybody is looking to get to the deeper issues of why you're having um, your serial data and not, nothing is really sticking, um, I definitely recommend uh, coaching. But what I do um, with them is also try to um, bring out during the conversation of like, What have you tried in the past? What didn't work? And then a lot of times people themselves don't realize it. When you're living through those experiences, you don't realize that there's a trend or a pattern. Um, But by talking to me or a third party, you can understand that. And then maybe proactively view, let's say I I send you a profile, proactively think like, okay, I know I tend to focus too much on education. Maybe I should focus on like his personality and really look at it that way um, versus just in an app, you're just going to swipe that person away because you see they didn't hit your filters. Um, So I think that the trends is, a lot of it is individual related, Um, but if I had to do a global kind of salvation dating trends that I've seen, um, It would be that FOMO like about, you know, am am I missing out? And also a lot of it is, well, my parents want me to do this and my parents want me to do that. So I try to, again, during the interview is say, well, I get we're trying to please our parents. I get it. That's why we want to date within the community and marry within the community. But I want to know what's going to make you happy. We're not getting married because our parents are going to be in the relationship for us. So at the end of the day, we need to make sure that it's still the right person for you. Um, so a trend, uh, would, that would be another trend that I try to uh, break down when I'm talking to my clients.
2: That, that's very, very important, according to me, is, you know, finding the right person according to you and, uh, you know, in, in terms of the client, especially. especially um, And, you know, I think that, that, that should and would be really, really helpful because um, a lot of the times, you know, um, and this is something me and Har have both, both experienced but both talking for personal experience um I've met couple you know certain people in my life certain girls and you know people i've seen uh, met in my life where I'm thinking you know what I'll really get along with this person you know uh, we have we have really great chemistry we get, get along this and that but then in the back of my mind I'm thinking but would my mom get along with you know, would, would, would my mom approve of her? Or, you know, will it be the same way with my family? Like, will she get along as well with my family? So, um, that thing's always on the back of your mind. But, you know, I think it is very important to, at the end of the day, you're going to be spending that life, you know, your life with, with that person. And so, you guys have to be compatible first before, you know, you start being, start, you know, making compa- compatibility matches you know, between your parents or your family.
0: Uh, exactly hardy every you know each couple has to be on the same page and that's the only way you're going to be successful in a relationship because it's a partnership right and when I, I talk to my clients they say what are you looking for in a partner because after the initial attraction you know you have a couple of kids you're in your middle ages you need to make sure that you still love and want to be around and and that person is a part of your life um and I think that Again, our younger generation, we understand that. And that's what we're looking for in our future partners and relationships now.
1: Yeah, I think like, as Hardy mentioned, like the biggest challenge, I think, in South Asia is the fact that you could find someone, but finding someone who could please your family is a whole different set of challenges in itself. And that is something that it's uh, it's just so difficult to find these days.
0: Exactly. I think... All the nuances of being an Indian and trying to get into relationship. Indian, yeah because yeah i think so
2: on relationships generally i feel like
1: uh you know yeah definitely like i've had relationships where i've I've had such an amazing time with someone but you know like you can't really be with them forever sort of thing it's kind of heartbreaking in a sense because family end of the day is quite important in terms of our cultures and stuff and to the biggest challenge i think in the uk and and now i've kind of discovered in america also is the fact that you've kind of had to please both parties, you know, yourself and the family around you as well.
0: Yeah. The, the immigrant culture, you know, we're trying to please both sides and it's uh, a lot of it, you know, there's mental health issues and a lot coming out in the immigrant societies as well, because of that added pressure. This is something that we're, you know, trying to please both sides and do right by yourself is exhausting sometimes. So why not have somebody help you out and, and utilize a service, you know?
1: What are your thoughts on um, like the current stuff that's available right now? And do you feel like there's some issues with, with the stuff that's going on right now with like apps like deal build or shoddy.com and stuff?
0: I would say the biggest is that there's not a personal feel to it. Um, I think that the apps play a lot into this uh, uh, instant. Do is she attractive? Is she not? I gotta move on. The swipe culture um, yeah. that yeah, I think <laughs> <it's> ruined dating. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that. <laughs> and- Absolutely problematic, I think. And, and the fact that all of these apps are essentially the same. You know, I ask my clients, how are you meeting people now? And they're like, Well, I'm on Coffee Meets Bagel and I'm on Bumble and I'm on Dill Mill and I'm on the, and literally on four or five different apps. And in my mind, I'm like, why? They're all the same. And yeah. literally people tell me that they see the same people, you know, because your filters are your filters. Yeah. And <laughs> the same people on all the apps. So <laughs> Wasting time literally on the apps, I think. Um, and then the opposite, with like shadi.com, they're a great organization for the original purpose that they started, right? It, they have honestly the world's largest matrimonial site in any culture or anything. They arrange the most marriages. So they're credit to what they do. But I, again, I don't think that translates to the Western world um, because. Again, we don't necessarily want our parents choosing our partners for us, and we don't want to be talking to, okay, this guy looks cute, but I don't want to talk to his mom about dating him, right? So, <laughs> <that nuance. laughs> I think that because marriage is such a big deal in our culture, that there is space and a time and a place for everyone to exist. Um, and then, I, I mean, I think that we were just lucky enough to find this niche of matchmaking that does not exist right now, and, and try to grow it. Hmm.
2: So, do you...
1: Yes, yeah. yeah, so what do you saying? Sorry.
2: Yes, yeah, so, so those obviously, the, according to you, you know, you, those are the pro, like some of the problems you think uh, that there are, that, that present with like swipe the swipe culture or swipe dating. Um, so you know, so you, yourself and obviously like Shari, Shari come to an extent, obviously eliminating some of those problems. Um, so what, so what would you say some, some of the advantages that, you know, your website has that these, uh, you know, these dating apps can't provide?
0: The personal service that, that handholding, that, um, taking the work out of it for you. Um, so how many times do you, let's say you're on an app and you're, matching with people and you're trying to engage conversation-wise, have you gotten confused? Like, oh, did I already tell this girl that story? Or uh, have we already discussed the, uh, I do this for a living. I live here. Like all those basics. It's (laughs) because you're talking to four or five people at the same time. (laughs) So for me, also, I one of another one of our principles is we only will send you one match or one referral at a time because we are taking the time and effort to make sure it's curated for you. So. Hardy, if you're looking for somebody that lives in, you know, uh, in zone five and is going to be a working person and doesn't want to be a stay at home mom, like all of those nuances trying for you to get through those conversations and find that out. They're talking to five different women. It's going to take months. Whereas me, I will send you one profile and say, hey, she already checks all your boxes. She's already interested in you based on your profile and your photos. Do you want to talk to her? Okay.
1: Do you have a uh, strict criteria on photos and stuff?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's also why I (laughs) insist on a video or face-to-face interview. Now, it's it's mostly all video, but because I want to know that my experience looking at you and talking to you is coming through on the photos. I'm not going to send photos to my clients that I know are not representative of what that person looks like, just because... Mm also happens on the apps right you see yeah. you your date and that person is a completely different size color picture everything than what you thought <laughs> was gonna show up
2: <laughs> Happens a lot, you know that genuinely happens a lot over here especially in the UK um a lot of people I know have experienced it I've I've experienced it to an extent not on not someone I've met personally but it was like you know um on on mill for example like there was this one person i was talking to and then i did them on instagram just to like oh just to see how things go and then they looked like a completely different person on instagram and i was like i couldn't recognize the, the two profiles i was like wait they look like two different people uh and that can be like you know daunting it can throw you off a little bit um so what it sounds like to me is what what you guys do for you know for the two matches wait so when you've got a match it must feel like a genuine out match i guess this must feel like very very like you know what this is a genuine match for me rather than oh yeah this is just someone that also has interest in me and then we'll you know, have to talk for another couple of weeks to see if there's any common interests. whereas you guys obviously cut all that out you guys have already got that in the back
0: basically exactly so the most work you my clients have to do is the interview I go through a very in-depth questionnaire and, you know, take notes. As I mentioned, we talk about past history. We talk about what you're looking for long-term in your future. And I use all of that criteria when matchmaking. So if I send you, Harms, I send you a profile, it is literally mm-hmm. not just a profile. I, I will put paragraphs of why I think her activities line up with your activities or why, uh, you know, your future plan, you want to have two kids and she wants to have two. like all of that. I have that level of detail. I will tell you and spell it out for you. Um, I a lot of divorce clients too so if if you're open to meeting somebody who's previously divorced i will let you know what were their circumstances and you then can make the ultimate decision i i don't send um contact information until i know both people are genuinely interested and ready to meet um just out of an interest of not wasting anybody's time
1: hmm. i think that's so important because as you as you guys have mentioned like right? With apps and stuff that you don't really know the purpose of why they're on the app and even though some apps do say the reason why you want to be on the app is is either to say to be in a relationship or just a date around you don't really get a true sense of idea of why people are, are using these apps or why what is the purpose of it I feel like in the UK here especially a lot of people just use apps very casually. And if you say you match with someone who uses the apps very casually, and you're kind of looking for something that's a bit more long-term, there's always a clash of, oh, no, like this person is a really nice person, but are they really willing to commit to me? I think that's like a big issue.
0: And that's a good way of looking at it. I feel like app-based dating is great. When you're younger, you get out there, you meet people, you have experiences. Um, But when you're looking to be serious and marriage-minded – You can't get the intent from the apps, just like you said, Harms. So working with somebody who already knows, hey, these people in my my portfolio, 100% are looking to get married in the next six to nine months, Mm or at least be in a long-term relationship. I don't say you have to get married right away, but if you're seriously looking to be in a committed relationship, that's when we work with people.
1: Mm -hmm. And what if there is someone that you've so they've joined your website and uh, <laughs> what if they're like some of the, that like, for them, it's really, really hard to find someone as you've interviewed them. And so do, do they go for the whole coaching, coaching process as well?
0: Exactly. There are some of my clients who, um, you know, they have really trust issues, or they've had bad experiences in the past, and that makes them a little bit apprehensive. Um, So I do give advice, but not being a professional, if there's something that I'm not comfortable with, or I'm not familiar with, Um, I will refer them to, um, I'm another partner. She's a South Asian um, dating and relationship coach and she's amazing. And she's helped a lot of my clients out um, just because sometimes you need somebody to talk through some of that. Like, why do I have a cycle? Why do I keep going for the same types of guys? So having that in-depth person to review that with and give you some tools on how to approach a new relationship Will make it that much easier when I do send you a profile that you're like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, trust rather, or I'm gonna approach it in a different manner now because I've learned how um, how to be in a healthy relationship.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay, hmm. so uh, let's say, like, ha- have you ever had uh, someone who's never dated before in their life? Have you ever come, Have you ever had any clients that have never dated before?
0: Absolutely. And in our culture, that's not unusual. So I, you know, just because you haven't dated before doesn't mean that you don't know what you want or what you're looking for. So I like to Um, ask additional questions maybe of that person so that we know that uh, it's not going to be trial and error for too long but um, yeah people come to me from all walks of life and I uh, honestly that's one of the reasons I love what I do because I'm such a social person such a networker um, I get to meet three to five new people every week and I love it
2: that's 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 really nice so um let's say you know again going back to like so let's say someone you 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 know you get a new client and they've never dated before so then how do you know that they they need coaching classes or they don't need coaching classes and you just you know just just take them straight to the matchmaking sort of thing like what sort of pointers uh would you look out for
0: yeah you can tell during the the interview by the questions um if if they're nervous um, or if they're asking me a lot of questions about like, how do I go on a first date or what should I do? Um, or, you know, how do I approach a, a starting a conversation with someone new? I can, you, you can kind of gather from those kind of clues of, of how they interact with me. And then I can make a recommendation at that time. Well, you know, um, you know, I'm ready to take you on right now as a client, or I think you should probably follow up with my coach first, and then we'll talk about this in three months or something like that.
2: Oh, Okay. That, that makes sense yeah that that definitely makes sense um so uh uh another question so how how do you uh so like let's say if people are talking and you've uh introduced people to each other and what's your recommendation in terms of like when when is the ideal time for those two people to meet in person? Like, you know, is it like a week? Is it, is it three days? Like you said, you check up on them after three days. Or is it, you know, what's the, is there a time limit? Is there a time frame on when they should meet in person? Or, or for, depending on like how long they've been talking for?
0: Yeah. I use, I have my own kind of standards, as I mentioned, three days for the first uh, conversation. Otherwise, you know, I think that's, that's a bad sign right there. If you don't have the first conversation within three days, there's something happening. Right. Um, I think that if you're, located geographically in a similar space that uh the sooner you meet in real life the better but my uh cutoff or my check in point is about 14 days because i get it everybody's busy you're working you've got family obligations you know things happening in your life so but i think that if you really are genuinely interested in a person you would make the time or effort to go for a quick drink meet for a coffee or okay. anything that you're interested in in the first 2 weeks yeah. if it's long distance I say that um, within the first month, you should have concrete plans on when you're going to meet. I don't think that it's necessarily feasible for you to jump on a plane and meet somebody in the first month. But if at the end of thirty days you guys haven't talked about, okay, well let's meet halfway, or I'm going to be in your city for work, let's make plans to have dinner that night. If you're not already talking about meeting in person, I I think that's a warning sign. You know, you're not in a you're not meeting people just because you want to be pen pals with them or text friends with them. So that's why I kind of be that auntie and we'll push them,
1: try to get them out of that. <laughs> and, meet uh, up
0: guys, <laughs> meet up now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we give a text message, guys, what's happening? Dot, <laughs> dot, are we meeting or? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Uh, so I wanted to know, like, what are like in America and USA, like what are the common like first date scenarios like in terms of where the, where the first day happens?
0: Yeah, I think that in in America, you know, you got we had talked about this briefly that we tend to be a little bit more uh, prudish, if you will, in this country, and um, a lot of times you don't see first dates happening over drinks or in a um, a, a more out, outgoing or social environment because people sometimes. Tend to feel pressure or uncomfortable um, if it's an evening date, right? Or if it's a, a dinner, is usually never a first date because you don't know. Really? to Be trapped with somebody that you're not into for three hours over a dinner. Um, so <laughs> most of the time, it'll be a quick after work. Either a drink at a happy hour, if you're comfortable with that, or meet up on a you know a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, have a quick coffee, and then you can move on with the rest of your day. That and that's typically how I recommend it too, because you you know let's say you I introduce you, it's been two weeks, and you guys are going to meet in real life for the first time. I don't expect you to to invest an hour, two hours upfront because. you know, dating, again, like we mentioned, is trial and error. So you don't necessarily have that time to invest multiple times a month. But I want to make sure that first off, we put you in with the right person from the beginning. And number two, that you don't get jaded or, um, or or feel that oh, this is not worth my time anymore, because you're investing so much time on quote, unquote, bad first dates.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's so interesting compared to like the UK, where it's it's quite common to see first dates and drinks. It's quite... Dinners it's quite and more, drinks. Not, it's, it's dinners and been, drinks. That's, it. that's Drinks. That's or sometimes like. just like... Because I feel like with drinks, it makes like, both parties more comfortable with each other. I feel like... If I went to uh, coffee with someone, I'd feel more nervous going on a coffee date. Interesting. I
0: yeah. I'd feel, I'd, feel, I'd,
1: I'd feel because because in, in most coffee shops, you're used to being like quiet, I guess. Or or just being... like You're just... I feel like... If I went to coffee shop on a first day, I'd feel very nervous. And I feel like the coffee would make me more nervous, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, feel like I'd feel more alert, more like my hands start trembling a little bit. Oh god, like, <laughs> coffee's too strong for me. What's happening to me? Like I don't know, I would feel really conscious of like my surroundings with someone, I'd be like, oh, okay. So how how is your day? Yeah, it's fine, thanks. It's cool. So how's things? Yeah,
0: That's a good tip actually. Yeah. You want to make sure, you know, that you're, you're comfortable in that experience too. And I think that's the biggest difference between uh, UK and U S dating is what people feel more comfortable with. I feel like in British culture, you guys, you know, pub culture is a part of your life every day. And it's in America, there's, you know, being a bigger country, there's a lot of rural people or, you know, you, you're not working in a downtown environment. So having an alternate, view or an alternate place to meet as your go-to like a coffee shop is why uh that might be more of a a, a culture difference in america maybe
1: yeah probably yeah that makes sense because i'm just so used to um when i have been on dates in the past i so used to going just going for drinks really because i feel like as for me personally it helps me loosen up it helps the other party loosen up as well and you're in this environment where I guess it's because maybe our age or you're you're around people your age, very similar age to you, and you're trying to invoke a positive vibe and atmosphere. And mm-hmm. I feel like you can only achieve that in like some pubs or bars, whereas in a coffee shop, it could be hit or miss. You know, you could be in a coffee shop where people are just trying to work. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And you're you're here on your first date thinking, oh God, what, what, what do I need to say next or something? Do you know? It's just like, whereas I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> <Did> I... <laughs> yeah absolutely I, like How
0: do you,
1: what, what, do, what do you think
2: yeah i 100 resonate with that right so the couple of things that i want to sort of link into that uh first thing uh what haminder said about you know it helps you calm down that's definitely very true uh it helps both people calm down like getting drinks so um and also getting drinks actually <laughs> this you know it's, this is funny but it's true it, People are a lot more honest and open when they have a few more drinks in them. <laughs> so if you ask them certain questions... Loose tongue. Life, then...
1: Loose <laughs> <throat>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, you genuinely, you know, if, if you were to ask someone, uh, you know, questions about their lifestyles or whatever, um, if they've got a few drinks in them, they're more likely to be honest about, you know, how they feel or you know what their viewpoints are uh rather than trying to be politically correct sometimes because sometimes Mm you know if i if i've met someone let's say over like dinner or food or something and i'll ask them "Oh, what do you think about this what do you think about that they'll be like oh yeah don't really give you much of an answer but then if the same sort of scenario was to take place you know whilst we're having drinks and they're just they'll be like you know actually this this is how i feel this is what this is what on my mind so actually it helps you get to know the person a lot better because they're a lot more open and honest about what's truly like you know going on inside them and then that way helps you form like a much better opinion about like you know what what you think about them or what you don't think about them right um
0: yeah uh, i think also too though it's you have to think about um the timing right if you already feel a genuine connection when you go out meet with that person then maybe yeah drinks is a better option because you're okay saying, all right, I'm going to be out for an hour with this person. Whereas coffee date, you know, it can be over in 15 minutes or you I can. Got- keep- <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> But going back to something I'd mentioned earlier, you know, I work with clients who have all sorts of backgrounds. So, you know, not everybody drinks alcohol or not everybody is, uh, you know, necessarily comfortable going out in, in an evening setting, you know, when there's alcohol present. So I want to make sure that everybody is comfortable. And my recommendation is usually a quick meeting first date, because if it works out, then there's nothing preventing you from going on your second date, you know, exactly. two days later and having drinks and dinners.
1: Exactly. Do you feel like when there is a quick date, you don't really get to form your opinion as much for someone? Then you would, then you would say if you had spent like an hour with someone. That's true.
0: So sure yeah. But here's how I also look at it too: is you already uh, human beings are very much about the attractiveness factor. Like that's just an evolution principle, right? That we're animals. So why I think dating apps were so popular is because it was the first time we could actually admit in public like yeah I'm just judging people by their looks so (laughs) the first date in real life is typically that right you've already chatted on text you know talked on the phone maybe but you want to see them in person because you want to see how do they interact in the space that they're in what you know are they really what they look like in their profile photo so the first date is really about that I think more so than spending 20 minutes and asking them deep dark question and honestly I don't recommend first days getting that serious because again it's a timing factor are you going to be opening your heart out to a person who might not call you back after the mm, date mm, mm.
2: that is also very true actually that's so true mm, mm.
0: <laughs> I've heard it all guys trust me <laughs> I've <I'm- laughs> Dating, but I, this is, I guess, part of my research, if you will. Uh, I've heard all of these horror stories and experiences. So when I develop my, my plan for couples that I introduce, I just, you know, this is my recommendation based on everything that I've learned, but obviously it's different right? you know, your, your guys' experience clearly has been different because of, of the nuances maybe of being in England or, or, or who you've been dating. Mm. Yeah. Do
1: you, Do you feel like there's like a level of. Expectation uh, coming from your side in terms of because it, if two people met on a, a, like a website like yours, it can always be daunting for both parties, couldn't it? Because like you're always feeling, oh my god, this could be like the perfect person for me. Like, how do you like ease expectations? If that makes
0: sense. So. You know, Harms. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to take that back. Um, just off the top of my head, if that was the, if that was the case, I would maybe hopefully remind the person that you're, you got into this because you're looking to be in a long-term relationship. So go back to the feelings and the, that place. So it might be nervous and daunting because this person seems so perfect. Um, but that's what you want, right? You want somebody who understands you and is perfect for you. So, um, I would probably try to reassure them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Also, you you know you mentioned about horror stories, right? So, like, what are some of, like, you know, the the most interesting horror stories? Or, like, let's say something that's happened that you didn't expect and it's, like, it's really really sort of, like, sort of uh, caught you off guard or, like, certain situations or things that happened after a date?
0: Um, The first one that comes to my mind is there was a person that I introduced. uh, Basically, I just sent the profile. I hadn't even introduced them yet. Um, And the girl remembered that she had chatted with the guy on an app and she's in her version to me was, Oh, I talked to him for like two months. you know, we texted back and forth, uh, but we never met in real life and then it fizzled out. But the guy's version was, Oh, I might have seen her, but I had, I have no clue. I don't remember. And so right then and there, I was like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like if I do go through with this introduction, we need to, talk about what happened first, because people's perceptions is their reality, right? So how you view the situation, I want to make sure that you're going into it with an open mind and the right mindset. Um, So when I heard that both of them, one of them thought they were in a quote unquote text relationship and the other guy didn't even remember her. I was (laughs) like, this, this is awkward, but we got to figure this out. It turns out that they didn't want to be introduced and we didn't have to get to that situation. But talk about a horror story had I not uncovered that fact. And then they actually went on a date.
1: So, it's so, so hey, deja vu again. Nice to see you again. Oh, hey, like, hey, hey it could have worked out. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> It could have worked out the second time, maybe second time lucky, you know.
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, and I will tell you personally my own horror story from back when I was younger and dating. This is obviously pre-apps. Um, we still had websites and things, but no apps. Um, but I had—I was at the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm in my mid-20s. I'm not really meeting people out and about anymore because you're in your work life, right? And, um, so I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to being introduced So they had a friend of a friend of a friend, or whatever you know. They worked their auntie connection, um, and and sent me this person's bio data. And back then, I would email because text wasn't really that big either. You'd pay per message. Oh
2: my god! (laughs) Oh my god!
0: So I emailed the guy and was like, "Hey, so and so's daughter, and I, you know, they know your parents. You know, uh, would you be interested in in talking on the phone?" No answer, no response. And then I'm hearing pressure from my parents. Oh, well, we gave you his email three weeks ago. Why haven't you chatted with him yet? And what ha- what's going on? And you're not taking this seriously. Yeah. Finally, after I think I might have emailed him twice and sent him a text once, he responded. He called me and was like, hey, you seem like a good person. Your family's great. I know them. But I'm in a relationship. Oh, no. And- nice. Exactly. Here I am coming across thirsty AF, like I'm chasing this <laughs> that I'd never met in real life. And he, the whole time, had a girlfriend. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay, this is not going to work. I appreciate the effort my parents put into it, but the pressure that they had from, you know, because they knew that family, so that pressure was real, and then find out that the boy, the guy wasn't honest with his parents, and that happens. We don't necessarily tell our parents every time we're in a relationship or we're dating, right? That's just the nature of mm-hmm. Asian but I after that I'm like oh no I'm not reaching out to anybody they can reach out to me but I'm not doing this again
2: (laughs) fair enough I'll be I'll I'll probably be the same to be honest I was like you just sort of like just lose faith in like you know the way the method of like how it's supposed to work right so then how did you um you know end, end up finding your husband then and how and where did you guys meet and how did you guys find each other
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We met at a matrimonial convention, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys in the UK, but um, here, like the Samajas and stuff will put on events where, um, you know, the younger kids will get together. You stay in a hotel for three days and they have some organized activities like speed dating and social hours and stuff. Uh, But because everybody's staying in a hotel for three days, you get to, you know, you hang out at the bar afterwards, or um, me and my sister, we used to go, you know, since we were in college and we'd go a couple of years in a row and you meet friends and it, it becomes like a social activity for, for our generation, our South Asians to, you know, stay friends within uh, the, our, our samaj. so um, So I actually met my husband that way. Um, and it's, have you ever seen the movie or heard the movie called Meet the Patels?
1: I've heard I mean, of that. I've, I've heard of it. I've heard seen of it. it.
0: <laughs> so in that movie, Ravi Patel, he goes to a matrimonial convention, and it's the exact one that I was at. And I'm in the background for like 0. 0.02 seconds.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
0: That's the one I met my husband at. Yeah.
2: Wow. What a special, wow. uh, special event is a
1: that's like a little trivia a little like share the kid take i oh, want a movie guys you know i'm not gonna tell you which one that's for you to find out like right? exactly <laughs> yeah like it'd be cool i have a poster of it like there, yeah, like this like ask why is that poster like i've seen that poster of that movie in the house so like, why is it there like you'll understand once, once you see it like i'm famous literally from that poster from that movie
0: <laughs> i should have an imdb credit yeah
2: so um you know it. it something like that we, we don't we don't have events like that over here at all that's a very like this is it's a new thing i've just you know you just told me about like i've never heard of anything like that happening over here so i think that's actually quite a nice thing where um so is it it, it do all the so how does like you know how do you decide who's going there do like your people sign up or is it just all the single people signing up or is it criteria like how, how does it work for this convention day
0: um, I believe it's only single people. Um, and it it was run by the Samaj. So, you know, it it was um a website and you just signed up online and you booked your reservations for the rooms. Um, because it it's held at a hotel usually so that they could have their events on site as well. Um actually, and I don't know if they're still happening. I think the rise of the internet and all of this the has has changed people's outlook on how they want to meet individuals. So I don't think these conventions are still happening, unfortunately.
1: I can imagine it being so much harder to date in a place like America because of the 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 geography of the country itself and how dispersed many Asians are, aren't they? It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's why I think that the location-based apps don't necessarily work for our community because you know Mm -hmm. in our culture we're used to moving around. Um, You know, our parents came here from another country, so they know what it's like to move around. We're not rooted. Let's say. Like the the Americans or the British are uh, that are of uh, of an origin origin, right? They they've lived there for generations. They have a, you know their whole lives are there, so they are not as willing to move. Whereas our people, we are right, and especially for job prospects or training, we are ready to change locations often. So having a group huge country like America, where it's very geographically diverse, trying to find someone you're looking for either in your location or another prospective location is definitely challenging. Um, and that's, again, some of the, the questions that we review and what we look at when we're building out your profile that, hey, you're willing to date in these three cities or you have easy access to or a connection to these couple of cities. So that helps us well um, when I'm narrowing down what you're looking for.
1: Hmm. are also are people's requirements quite uh like sometimes a bit too much or do you feel like it's i don't know explain it like, <laughs> yeah like, they have more expect yeah, expect yeah some people have a longer list than others like
0: <laughs> yes absolutely and yeah. the funniest is uh <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was i have this one client who's uh maybe has unrealistic expectations for beauty that they're mm. like, and and you know I've been working with him to say I know that it might not be you know exactly what you're looking for looks wise but let's talk about other things and let's look at all the unfortunately I've not been able to crack that uh, concept with him yet but I'm sure we will (laughs) not saying that every Indian girl author is not gorgeous that's not what I'm saying at all but sometimes there's just unrealistic expectations not everybody's going to be a Bollywood actress you know what
1: I mean. Mm, uh. mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine that being a funny thing, like because you, you can meet someone, so, uh, a client could could come, up, come to you and say, "I want these things," like a page worth of requirements. The next person could come, "I want three pages of requirements." You're like, "Oh god!" Like, and you're, you're like shifting it through, like, "Okay, it meets about seventy percent. Is that good enough for you?" And they say, oh "Well, I'm not sure what the other thing you said." Like, it's it's always so difficult to kind of get the balance right, isn't it? Exactly.
0: But that's when we, you know, we could talk through it because I know Mm -hmm. I only introduce clients to clients. um, So it's like kind of a database model, if you will. So I know every single person that I'm introducing. I think Mm -hmm. necessarily don't necessarily work that way um, because they, they have like a roster, if you will, and they only have clients that are paying a higher fee that they work with. So, but for me, because it's more of a database model, I know every single person that I'm working with or, or referring you to. Uh, but the the three-page requirements, sometimes I, I do have clients who are like, well, I want X, Y, Z, and A, B, C, D, and one, two, three, four. And I'm like, all right, I, if we had to rank these, give me your top three. And that's, that's mm. what I'll uh, strive for. I'm not gonna be able to get mm. D, E, and F.
1: <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> do you think that's quite prevalent in the South Asian community, those sort of requirements. I, I experience think and stuff.
0: yes and it's more so when it's people that have not dated you know going back mm. to an question because they're so hung up on this perfect idea of a relationship or what we see in the movies and they don't uh want to even because dating is still let's say it's a taboo or, or not as talked about in our community um so they don't necessarily want to be that person who's you know the aunties would be like oh she was dating this boy and then now she's dating that boy so uh I, they tend to over uh require over say i want all of these requirements because that that notion of when i date somebody i want to marry him and that that's it and all be all so i also try to talk through people when i ask about dating history and stuff like why i think uh, having dating experiences is important um and, and relevant i think that helps you understand who you are as a person and what you're looking for
2: definitely
1: what do you um yeah, since the COVID crisis has happened what has like been the main challenges that you've faced Has it like affected in terms of how people want to meet and stuff
0: i would say Definitely how people are meeting has totally been flipped on its head. You know, you have to be real comfortable with FaceTime and you have to be real comfortable with, uh, I actually had a a couple, I love them. They're my favorite couple that, uh, that I've worked with. Uh, They they do zoom like scavenger hunts and they do like, because they live in completely different geographic areas and they're not going to be able to meet in real life for a while still, but Mm. she, They're determined. They really like each other. They have a great connection and they're not going to let COVID stop them. So they've been, they're such an inspiration. I use them as an example all the time because they're a great example of how making it work. We can't stop our lives because of coronavirus. We have to be safe and smart, but we have to find out ways to continue to live our lives. And they're a great example of how, how to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Meeting for the first time has changed. So I also like to recommend, um, especially if you're geographically within driving distance, Meet in an outdoor park, sit on a bench, be socially distanced, six feet away, uh, wear your mask, but just get out there and don't let meeting in real life be a barrier to why you're not progressing in your relationship. Obviously, stay safe. I'm not telling anybody to do anything they're not comfortable with, but there are safe ways to still meet in person.
1: Mm -hmm. And just want to touch upon that. I just had a new idea to throw in my head in terms of, so when you're, uh, when you when you've introduced a couple and they've just started speaking what are the things that you suggest they do so you say you do a face-to-face uh like facetime call and stuff and if they can't meet because let's say because of distance and what other things could you like what other tips do you give these couples they can do in the meantime instead
0: Absolutely. Um, So the New York Times had years ago, I want to say maybe 25 years ago, they had published this article about the 20 questions to ask when you're getting to know a person. Hmm. And even to, to this day, those questions really do stand the test of time. Um, so if I, any of my couples are like, we're stuck on topic, we don't know what to talk about. I always encourage them to, you know, I'll send them a link or whatnot. But those questions are really thought provoking. Uh, they're not first date questions by any mm-hmm. means. It's more so really getting to know a person. So mm-hmm. I, encourage you to pick a couple of questions and make it a fun, uh, a zoom date, right? Grab a glass of wine or have dinner over zoom and have a conversation. And here's a conversation starter based on these questions. Um, I, I really love the, and honestly, when my husband and I were getting to know each other, that's when I first found this article, we would, do chat um, back then. We had like um, Skype chat or Google chat, and we would chat and answer questions and talk to each other that way. Um, because we also were long distance when we my husband and I got together. So how do you keep that spark going? Long distance It's it's going to be a forever challenge, I think. And I it, unfortunately COVID has made it worse. But yeah. I don't anticipate that challenge going away anytime soon.
1: And like, I think this is quite interesting because. Uh, In terms of me and Hardy's experience of uh, getting to know someone for the first time and obviously not meeting them because of, say, COVID or because of distance, one thing Hardy's told me that kind of helped me in terms of the person that I'm currently dating right now and getting to know that person was actually playing uh, games with them, uh, mobile app games. So, for example, uh, playing like a quiz game about a certain topic and... Within these uh, games, you're basically facing off with the person. So facing off with, say, the partner you're seeing. And in these games, you're kind of, uh, you're playing as if topics, who get the right answer and stuff. It's kind of like an icebreaker in a sense. You're kind of finding out what topics you guys have in common in a That's weird a way.
0: That's great, a great idea, Hardy. That that Thanks for recommending it, Harms, too. Because I think that also it's a friendly competition. You get to see how that person mm with competition um and the quiz game is great because you really get to understand their their interests and ideas um uh, so that's a great suggestion i'm going to add that to my list of yeah. recommendations <laughs> because you're very, you're very welcome <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it helped me find certain topics like general knowledge I'd be like, wait, how did you know, how did you know that that was this answer exactly. and they could say oh because yeah. i went to that country and i saw this landmark i'd be like so how did you know like uh, this landmark was in this country they would say well because i a few years ago i visited this country because i like this or I like that or it could be um how did you know that album from this band and they could be like well i'm a big fan of this band really oh i'm also a big fan too oh really like you know what i mean these like tiny little things i can help conversation you feel, starters con- conversation starters and it's, it's like a friendly game you don't have to you just add each other on it it's fine like it's kind of a good way to break the ice in terms of you're not forced to have a conversation with them because it what can happen and what's happened to like, me and hardy in the past is like you're talking to someone say you've had your first date and stuff but you're kind of struggling to what could you say next you've just met the person so what do you do on the phone that could help fill time you could do certain games like quiz up and if it is another game that i can't really remember the top of my head and hardy what do you play, you play Uno? don't you sometimes as well
2: yeah, so the, I, I, I have like a list of games that I can play with like someone I'm talking to right <laughs> and it's quite cool because um, you know if, if you are talking to someone and you're talking to them all the time and you necessarily haven't uh, especially you know due to corona if you haven't had enough time to spe- um, meet up with them in person then these are some things you can do if you run out of conversations and um, so let's see you on the phone. And you, so there's a game called Uno, right? So Uno is a game um, that I'm sure everyone knows about. But you know, you can play online, and you can play against one another. So you can, you know, you can play against one another as a friendly game, or. Also, you can play together against other people. So what, what it does is you can play as twos. So it can be you and your partner or whoever you're dating or whoever you're speaking to against two other random people online. And what that game does, it, it tests like your sort of um, teamwork and it tests like how how guys, like how well you guys work together and whatnot. So that could also be a good indicator like, oh, you know what, actually we, we get along really well or there's certain tactics you have to play in the game, which you both have to understand. So you know, the, at the core level of it, it's just do you guys have, are you guys on the same page basically? Do you guys have the same understanding? That's that's what the, these games help establish if you guys are on the same wavelength.
0: Um, yeah, going through, the, it's, you can't have a real life experience, but you're, it's an experience nonetheless and seeing how you react under pressure and how you do the teamwork. Absolutely. That's a great suggestion.
1: Yeah. Um, right. The quiz apps and stuff, they've, they've really helped me discover or just in, in, the, in the core level sense, just kind of pass the time with someone you're interested in just helps fill in the gaps of time where could you really spend an hour or two hours a day talking to someone you don't know sometimes it can be really hard and i feel like if that happens and you're struggling to talk to someone and it it can also have a negative effect in terms of okay i can't speak to them for that long i'm getting a bit bored of them I'm getting this i'm getting that like how do i spice things up like i've done the zoom calls you know i've done this but like what i've done to counteract it is basically is playing just casual mobile app games just just the past time or just like cute little games here and there you can find out a little bit more about the person that's that's like for us been a really great way of establishing like where we stand with that person
0: yeah and it's like a real life slum dog millionaire understanding how they know the answers to all these questions yeah
1: yeah 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 it is it is it's Very like true. like you know you can always talk about it oh you know i'm gonna beat you so it, it just invokes some sort of like friendly competition with one another that you don't you wouldn't really get all the time especially if you can't meet the person yeah yeah, I
2: like, yeah. I'll, I'll give an example right this, this, this is an actual example so i was talking to this girl and we won this quiz thing so the quiz up is like a, it's an app that could, you can quiz on anything it can be on a tv show it can be on your favorite celebrity it you know on the movies they've done or your favorite artist and what music they've put out so i was talking to this person and um you know i I, I said i said to her i was like oh like uh, you know let's let's do a couple of quizzes and then she's like oh what would, you know what would you want to quiz about and i was like oh you know have you heard have you heard drake's music like do you like drake she's like oh i love drake i'm a big fan and i was like well you're on for a game then right like and it it, it was like oh she's like i'm gonna beat you I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash you in this and there was like a friendly sort of competition that came about it um and there were there were certain questions that came up about him and his 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 work and what, what not. And that she knew and I didn't, and I was like, "How did you know that? How did you know about it?" She's like, "Oh, this is website, and, you know, fan. There's a fan site that he had, and I used to, you know." So it definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, does. Um, she really likes Drake. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
2: it, there's definitely uh there's a lot like that you can discover about someone. It's like, oh shit. So they've they really take the time out if they like someone they will really take the time out to go re- research about that person or learn more about that celebrity or whatever so then that's what you that's what I. that's my takeaway from that one sort of experience mm-hmm. um so yeah that's why it's good um so yeah and and, and, and so following up to this and like so like a, somewhere i would want to end off uh, this whole topic of conversation is uh, asking you rather what do you think is, is the future of dating like where, where would you or what would you want the future of dating to be like going forward now,
0: I think that coronavirus and everything has really made the idea of partnership come to light. Um, you know, people who live in big cities have went back home because you don't want to spend lockdown living by yourself in a tiny one bedroom apartment. So the idea of being with somebody that understands you and appreciates you has become even more mm. thing now. I think uh, people. Or might've been lifelong bachelors or lip serial daters, things like that are now like, oh, but maybe I do want somebody who's going to be there for me when times get tough or who's there to just, you know, watch Netflix on the couch with. And it's not fun doing that by yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. So future of dating, I think is going to be a little bit more serious already. There's studies that are coming out that the rate of marriages during all of this has remained steady because people are like, you know what? let's just get married. Let's just go to the justice of the peace. And we, we know we love each other. We're quarantining together. Let's just bite the bullet and do it. So I think that in the future, and I don't know how long this is going to last, maybe it is just a trend, but right now people are looking to be committed for longer, long terms. Yeah.
2: And you would mm-hmm. say Corona has a big role to play in that basically, What what's recently happened?
0: I think it's made everyone be a little bit more introspective on what's important to them in life, um, or you go out and get a dog. I don't know about you guys, but so many of my <laughs> out and gotten dogs now.
2: <laughs> I really want a dog. I've been wanting one for ages. <laughs> my mom won't let me get one. That's so
1: bad. <laughs> yeah, she would. She would usually say, there's, "There's enough dogs in the house," so that's the COVID. <laughs> that's the excuse against us. So, I get a dog. That's, anyways, uh, Rada, thank you for coming on our, our podcast and being such a wonderful guest. It's oh, Herminder,
0: a... thank you so much. You know, Harvey, you guys, the Thinkable Guys podcast is so awesome. I love what you guys are doing. You talk about some really interesting topics and your experiences and your your vision on them is it's so fun to listen to. So thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And also, if you, if you want a list of our apps as well, let us know. <laughs> about it, totally. about our quiz apps. Let, it, give it, give us a message we'll happily give you some some um, but then you're
0: firing off a text message to you guys right now yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh just to end off as well guys
2: uh make sure you do go check out rather's website um I'm, I'm sure you know by listening to this podcast you know most of you guys if not would be convinced by the end of the podcast that actually you know you probably want to you know Go to like a website that you know has someone like Rada who takes things a lot more seriously, rather than just dating. You know, if you want to do take up a step, you know, take a step up from just swipe dating and stuff. Definitely check out her website. Um, I'm really, really impressed by all the work that she's put into the uh, her uh, her website, uh, and uh, the business that she started up. And I definitely think it's really, really great. And I would definitely recommend it to everyone.
1: Thank you, Rada. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you Rada. Bye, guys.
2: Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.